lunch at Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, wrote through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm of course your host, Ty McRae, and join with me yet again, um, she's a real trooper folks, she's a super trooper, um, Ella Celia here, and hopefully more this time, and like all the times before, all she'll have to hear from me is, only me? And no, um, I don't think you wanted to do that. Ellis, I hope you love that reference, and it's, I love you being back on. How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Oh, I did love that reference. <laughs> Funnily enough, folks, um, Ellis of all people got me more into Harry Enfield and co, even though my parents tried to flog it to me for years. And out of all characters, he's my favourite. I don't know his name, but I know it, uh, it was Harry Enfield's take on, like, oh, you know, the boring old mother-in-law gags, or, like, the tried and... You know, uh, yeah. shit, mother-in-law's gags, uh, and it's just brilliant. I think my fave one is where he goes to um, uh, what is it? That village where everyone's doing everything wrong. Yeah, but he can't, and he's just correcting people. Um, wh- where is he on your uh, top Harry Enfield characters then? I mean, he's—I'd say he's middle of the pack. I'm more actually Ooh, inclined right. to the um, Tim Nice but Dim sketches, just because there's ah, yeah. there's something about like how dim he is is sometimes like you know when you just kind of resonate and you're like uh, shouldn't feel like I resonate with this guy but <laughs> I do and then maybe the Michael Caine impersonator kind of thing oh where he's watching through the window yeah nosy neighbours oh really yeah oh, okay oh I didn't expect that alright sweet um, yeah because pre- I think before and also, um, it used to be the um, brothers in the pub. No, yeah. I mean, they're up there for you as well. Uh, I think it's because more like during lockdown, I was helping my dad refurb my granddad's flat. And just, um, <laughs> I ended up moving into that conveniently um, with a lot of help. And now that was obviously uh, before I was in Sheffield. But he would come down literally every single day because he's, quote, semi-retired, where he's more... He can afford not to. He can afford to be unemployed, and he doesn't like the pressures of going in a quote shitty factory uh, for twelve hours. So, fair play to him. But literally, I then started going like, "Oh, you like that fucking fellow of Harry? Only me!" And he would pop round, and I've literally not. I've left one cereal bowl in the sink. And go, "Oh, you ought to clean that with some fairy." And fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I love him. But Jesus Christ, more and more, my dad and that character. That's why it's ascended to a. Number one, Ellis. Well, that goal by Cantona clearly the turning point in the match, but uh, what did our experts think? Only me! He didn't let the ball in the goalkeeper. He wanted to save it so it wouldn't be a goal. He doesn't want to be there where he is. He wants to be there where the ball is. Then he can stop it going past. Now, I think for me, my number one is actually Wayne at a slob. Just because I feel like I can devolve so easily into my name is Wayne at a slob. And that's who I am. Have you ever been pulled up for a fag breaks in work then? Or in general life? <laughs> no, but I have used the excuse, I am smoking a fag. A fag. <laughs> more than once. Excellent. And because um, she scolded me last time, I will be giving Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a go there. Oh, yeah. I found, I found the parents' iPlayer pass. So um, uh, any hints or 
anything to look forward to? Is there a series to start with or just go from episode one? I'd start from episode one. However, I would remember because I showed this to Tom a few years ago and obviously it was made in a completely different generation. So the jokes can be a little bit um, interesting. Oh, no, I'm sure I will. Uh, I've seen like Kathy Buck accepting a British comedy award for it. Yeah. And she just goes off and like, oh, fucking hate the media, but fuck them. In her own inimitable style there. So, um, no, I love Kathy, so I'm sure I'm going to love that series as well. Yeah, 100%. You'll really enjoy some of the the little Easter eggs and the little moments in there. It's it's quite a bit of a throwback to the 90s as well, so... Oh, sweet. With other series, we're on to The Simpsons, particularly. We're on to Season 8, Episode 8, Hurricane Neddy there we're reviewing today. Directed by Bob Anderson, written by Steve Young, with original air date being December the 29th. 1996 and the couch gag being that homer sticks a coin in a slot machine has a little thump on it and then the couch comes out crushing him uh so a bit of behind the scenes stuff folks to keep him with kayfabe to use wrestling terms there sometimes you got to give the machine a bit of a kick there if it's not quite working randomly generating episodes there and conveniently enough this is one of your favorites um ellis and there's a running joke between me and her, the fact that I've been given a... If this was a bag of Revels, I've been given a nothing but coffee, apparently. Yeah. Uh, like, even, even though, you know, I've chucked in some orange and a and a Galaxy Minster or whatever, Ooh. but, um, you know, a bit... Maybe, maybe I'm being a bit too um, shystery. Maybe she's been a bit ungrateful. Who knows? It's hard to argue. But um, this is one of your faves, Ellis. Oh, yeah, it is. I feel like this is such a classic episode. Like, when this was the episode that got pulled, I was so excited to get, like, into this one. Like, this is probably one of my all-time favourite episodes. I'm sure we'll get into deeper reasons as to why it's one of your all-time faves there. But um, is it because you watched it young and you resonated with it? Or it's just you really liked Flanders from the beginning? Or... How did you see it first? What do you think of it when you first viewed it? I think Ever. it's just such a rel- rel- such a well-written episode. Like the jokes as you can see his mental kind of going further and further and further downhill was just it was just written so well and I feel like it's one of those it's not there's not many perfect episodes, and I wouldn't say it is a perfect episode, but it's it's pretty close to the top in terms of, like, I think they did really well. And there wasn't a B story to it as well, which I really like the episodes that don't have, like, the side story, because I feel like I then forget, like, the main point of the episode. This one just kind of focused on that, and it, you know, it was it's just one of those episodes that's, like just enjoyable from start to finish and it's so memorable as well ah see yeah it's very rare that um they get stories where there's no b plot there so this is one of the rare occurrences and i don't know when when else i bring up this fact but the fellow who wrote this steve young um he is a freelancer and like with all sort of american sitcoms and series in general there there's a industry standard that you have to take and produce one to two or two to three freelance scripts in a season i think might be two is the magic number there and this was one of them and this has been looked upon favorably by all sorts of simpsons fans and i just find it fascinating the fact that 
this freelancer, and I did many bits of research. He's known for being an SNL writer, not so much in front of the camera, but doing producing stuff from here on out and just some screenwriting roles here and there in the 90s. Um, but they just afforded him this script and he ran away with it, and it's a hell of a story, so I'm just surprised that this is freelancer, not from a Schwarzwelder, a Reese, uh, take your pick. And how we kick off this freelance episode here is it's a particularly windy day in Springfield there, so much so that Homer can't enjoy his margarita there and ends up spilling over and the hammock gets more distressed. And um, great animation on Homer. I know he's a big jiggly man there, but just the rocking back and forth there is quite cute, um, even if it is eventually distressing there. But Lisa pops her head out of the window and notices that the pressure's dropping and the humidity's rising there, the wind speed's increasing, and of course she's got a A to Z book of um, like uh, weather. Of course she has there. But it turns out it's a hurricane, Ellis. And um, is Homer concerned at all? No. <laughs> well, of course not, because there's never been a record of a hurricane hitting Springfield there. But only because the records only go back to 78, because the whole records was mysteriously blown away there and oh poor Santa's little helper there again um I'll praise the uh director and the animators on this there but just the sheer pain in his body just trying to um claw forward and what's the matter boy oh is it fire earthquake hippies and he gets blown across like three gardens Ellis I know and you don't really hear anything about it like like, no one's concerned that he's, like, been blown away. It's just kind of like, oh, that happened. No, in fact, even when we get Ned's outburst there, I don't see him in the crowd either. So he's just, what, two towns over? He's in Shelbyville there. But either way, it's caught Homer's attention, you know, because somehow, you know, the animals are always the first to know. And Kent gives us the skinny there, saying, oh, this is Hurricane Barbara there. Oh, Ellis, if you think he's been sexist, you haven't seen these girls, you know, uh, digging each other's claws in their eyes there for, you know, necks or the H&M sale there. Um, <laughs> which, um, again, it is sexist, but I've seen this gift loads now and just memed in all these Facebook places, you know. Oh, it's true, but you shouldn't say it there. Yeah. Um, have you used this meme a lot? Or um, what did you think of this, you know, the times you've seen this episode there do you laugh at the joke or is it more marge's reaction yeah no i still laugh at it um mm. it's one of those ones where if you can't laugh at it what can you laugh at i've seen it used for um like oh, i don't know football twitter will be you know going in on this x amount of hundred millions of pounds striker you know uh, not getting his first goal for the club and like whiffing opportunities there and then you know I get, I get, again, being a Spurs fan, folks, I get it a lot. Like it'll be, oh, it's a positive report, you know. Human song, about closing on that golden boot there. And then it'll be like, oh, trophy cabinet. And then just like clean trophy cabinets, all empty cabinets. And then I'll be responding with, well, it's true, but you know, you shouldn't say that. Yeah. It's just meh, every other day, Ellis. I don't know. It's like a, <laughs> it's a living nightmare. Not this season, though. Very promising. Very promising there. Lisa decides, yes, we need supplies. So they end up racing to the Quickie Mart like everyone else. And Jesus, reminded me of April 2020, Ellis, there. <laughs> In fact, during peak, yeah, during peak lockdown and COVID times, I saw this getting shared on TikTok. 
Um, not even on like Simpsons specific pages, but you know the kind of shite ones that are like top UK banter uh, jokes, and it's got like all the crying laughing emojis. Yeah, it was like that, and it was like oh peak twenty twenty lads, and then like you know okay sign crying emoji okay sign, and then um, I thought I'd try and like essentially do the same joke but without all that. Uh, no, uh, very little uh, action on Twitter. You know, I'm not like you. I'm, I can't get these RTs and these likes on Twitter or on the social media game there. But I gave it a go there. Got some nice DMs and that. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, did you feel very reminiscent of only two years ago with uh, a poo here? Yeah, yeah. It, um, I mean, I didn't. I didn't do any stockpiling, thankfully, back in 2020. But it was very um, reminiscent of those times. Do you know what it was actually a reference to? Uh, yes. Aha, you don't have to school me this time. I believe, I want to say it's the LA riots. Yes. If we've read uh, similar reports there. Yeah, um, it's absolutely very much the same there because it did affect uh, Compton and Inglewood and all that there. And there's horrifying images there and a lot of, like, people getting stuck up just for, like, some loose change there. But, again, looking back on it, I bet in 10 years someone will go, oh, did the Simpsons predict, like, lockdown? And they're going to use this in 10 years. Yeah. Millions of likes, the cheeky sods there. I'm, I'm intrigued now as well. Um, did you guys run out of, kind of jumping a tiny bit, when all the, it all burst into the store there, um, do you run out of the same things uh, you did in the South as we did in the Midlands? Because here it was, well, of course, toilet paper was the big one that made the headlines, but also uh, bread and eggs seemed to be up here. Yeah, um, we had limits on what we could buy. We also went through an Angel Delight shortage and a rice shortage. Re- okay, I understand rice, but Angel Delight, really? Yeah. What? Just what for? Because we have to have dessert after dinner, or um, that's bizarre. I, I wonder why that is. Were you were you crushed by your lack of a uh, butterscotch Angel Delight, or were you not fussed? No, I mean, I really wanted to make Angel Delight at that point, and obviously I couldn't, and I was like going, <laughs> going around all the shops like, who the fuck has Angel Delight? I just want some Angel Delight. You know, when you oh, get a craving... So it was just so just conveniently you were craving that during... Yeah. Oh, wow, it couldn't have happened to a nicer gal. Oh, dear. I just, I like Apu as well. He's just, um, it's, again, it's like a zombie movie, just saying, oh, it's all right, we'll be letting you in 70 people at a time. Kirk... Trying to go from beta to alpha. Male. Oh, it's taking me beat up his stuff. And <laughs> don't do I that. Don't, I, 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 yeah, I don't know why it's just the deliver. No, do not listen to that man. You all have a chance to be gouged there. And um, did you catch Marge in between all the rabble rabble of like, oh, oh, oh thank goodness. Yeah. Like she, she wants, she wants a bit of poking at the eyes as well there. The um, the violent mayor, but they are let in. And everything's getting ransacked off the shelves there. We even get to see Kearney trying to get a lifetime supply of Squishy into that petrol can. And uh, there's Frig all there, Ellis. Ah, now a bit of a pop quiz. Can you give me the three, uh, quote, essential items that are left on the shelves for Marge to uh, finger through? Creamed eels. Yep. Wadded beef. Yeah, that was my favourite one. And I can't remember the third one, even though I only watched it like an hour ago. Corn nog. Oh, that was it. Corn nog. So no egg. Oh, much like April 2020, no eggs. So you've got to make do. You've got to make some uh, corn nog there. Um, I like the wadded beef. 
I like the um, it's very much like the laughing cow, but um, what what do you think that could be? Because I I just assume spam. Yeah, I was I was yeah. gonna say spam, but counter pop quiz. What fruit Ooh. is Lisa? Oh yeah yeah okay I thought you were gonna make me sweat. All right uh yes pineapple, uh picked by this is Mrs Glickhouse. Yeah this is I know. The Mrs Glick. Yes. Um yeah for those that don't know um maybe not so much consistent listeners there. Ellis um had a inner battle with Mrs Glick and um Mrs. Oh, oh what's her name? It's another G name. I know. Oh you know it's, this. Um, trouble. I know. I do know this, and it's troubling me now. Uh, Winfield, Mrs. Winfield and Mrs. Glick there. But this is Mrs. Glick here. Picks Lisa up. I'm not a fruit, though. Ah, that's what the pumpkin said. And of course it's Ralph. He's got the only perfect head shape for it there. And they're going to be in a pie. He's just, ah, love the enthusiasm from him. Bless his little socks. Thankfully, they have got the supplies now. Oh, sorry, before we jump back to the Simpsons home. Oh, we get Abe. (laughs) being the most stubborn old man there fucking brilliant um yeah is there any other chance you change your mind oh yeah sure let's go it's very much me midweek um when i'm supposed to be saving or just yeah doing domestic stuff after work there uh tyler will you please come out for some parts no i've got to do this hoover and i've got to clean my toilet is there any chance you change your mind yeah, sure, lad. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I need, I need the social mobility. <laughs> I just loved the fact that it was. I will. I um. I was born in this nursing home, and I'll die in this nursing home. So they have raced back now with all provisions, and Ned's even um suggesting that they hunker in their bunker there. But it's the very last thing, and in hindsight, the best thing Homer did there, um, because it would make it his ability to be a third wheel there absolutely not so um he's got tie down baby manger he's got tie down baby jesus there otherwise he could do some real damage ellis and audit doing a self-tax audit there now i know you run uh, an independent business for yourself there uh everyone please check it out there oh quick drop the um Drop the name of it. What's your uh, cartel? What's your store? Oh, uh, oh! I see you noticed that uh, that I reopened it earlier. It's just elliebearmakes.co.uk. Because I got a special domain. Elliebearmakes.co.uk. Um, have you, do you have to audit yourself, or I'm, I was going to say, how does that work then for like these Etsy stores and uh, yourself there? Are you um? <laughs> dealing with stuff when it comes to the final tax day then or how does that work so it only ever matters when you earn a certain amount thankfully the store has never earned enough for me to have to deal with the taxes oh okay um i feel like i've accidentally baited you out there i'm sorry no it's okay is that is that beneficial yeah it's beneficial because the tax man only comes after you after you earn a certain amount of money but like I've I've never earned anywhere near enough for the tax man to even care about my soap. Ah, I see, fair enough. Um, she's um, uh, winking at me via Discord, folks. There, so it's a long con. I see, I see you, game. <laughs> Don't tell the tax man. Oh, I've just thought now. Um, you could also smuggle some um certain powders in that soap, like that uh, famous uh, BBC report where they're hiding the drugs and the burgers. Oh my god! And you get yes. that one guy going, what? <laughs> No way, man. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's the standard grandpa drill. Everybody in the cellar there. And they all zip on down. And in between that, we get... um, Oh, that was it. I forgot about this. Um, 
the execution, the electric chair there just rips the building off and the and the prisoner goes, Ah, oh, so long, suckers. Uh, but he just goes into the power lines in what is now a really grim moment whenever I look back on it. Like, I cackled when I was, say, like, 10, 12. But now, just because, you know, you get exposed to these certain sites when you're, like, 15. Uh, and then I've seen actual videos of this. I'm like, oh, Jesus, no, like, even though it's animated, it's super realistic. I'm like, for fuck's sake. And then just the the very pro-death, yay, as they all watch on as it happens. I know. If there's one thing as well, as I remember, like, in the 90s, they used to have these this educational video about these kids playing near, like, the electric tower thing and i think that was yes we all got shown that and i think we all like ever so slightly shit our pants at this video mm. of like that was meant to educate us but in fact just kind of terrified us i saw that one and i also saw one where um it was about uh substations yeah it was like those um green like these little green uh things and apparently they could do some damage and it's just the, like, you know, all the frisbee gets thrown over there. And I've looked back on them now for nostalgia, and I'm just like, how is this convincing <laughs> to young people? It's just the, like you were doing with your um, Linda Lee Hughes and your, um, yeah, and your slob. It's just the thickest Essex and London actors go, no, Tony! And then it's just like, ah, and then it's just the fake skeleton pops out. And you're like, how, how was I this terrified? It doesn't make sense. I mean, that's true, but I found this... Uh, at least this scene was less um, less dramatic than Frank Grimes because that one actually did quite scare me as a kid. Re- really? Because you only see, what, half a second? Yeah. Like, you see him touch, and then it's the... How come that did it more than seeing this fella actually get shocked? I think I don't remember this the scene with the guy getting shocked um, from when I was a oh, kid. Oh, okay. But it's like that internal fear of death from like mm. doing literally nothing. The Frank Grimes scene kind of like shit me up. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll move on. But I've just realized that um, my parents ended up not showing me. But when I was on that thing of like, oh, the PSAs, the UK PSAs, because I like watching old media because it can be quite funny and a bit shit. There was a hot, there's like, if you're into your horror and your horror core and all that. There's one where it's about, like, don't go swimming in lakes from the 70s. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen it there. But it, it's literally the Reaper going round and they've got um, John Hurt voicing it. Oh, really? And it's... Yeah, I believe so anyway. Nah, those... Yeah, they had a big... <laughs> oh, no, carry on. I was going to say, they had a big name doing it. It's a recognisable fella narrating it. But it's like peak... Uh, Omen, Don't Look Now. Yeah. Yeah, it's super spooky stuff. Nah, there was one in the early 2000s, I remember maybe it was mid 2000s where um it was one of those road safety ones it's this this guy has hit this kid with his car and he just keeps seeing the dead body everywhere he goes oh yeah yes because it stays with him yes. yeah and he like at one point he pulls his chair back from his desk and the kid is dead under his desk mm. and yes i remember that. i was so scared from that advert that i wouldn't watch any adverts like I would like go on to like I'd press the Sky TV guide button when the advert started and then just kind of oh yeah my. it so it was super yeah effective. that one wow. really really got me. We've got hurricane in full swing now and the family are trying to find ways to pass time. 
So Marge finds Rubik's Cube. This was my second favourite bit of the show there. Um, we've, got a, we've got my fave coming up midway through there. But um, this was a very close second here. Because it's just... We've all been there. We've all dealt with uh, just trying to organise shit. And you know, oh this fella's dropped out there. Or what, why hasn't she got back to me the messenger? Alright, can you afford the tenor for the bowling and that? This is Marge just dealing with dickheads and just no organization here Alice I can understand the frustration here have you got any highlights from this Rubik's Cube scene <laughs> it's um I can't remember what Homer says but your main finger why don't we do something to take our minds off the storm Ooh, a Rubik's Cube let's all work it together Okay, start with diagonal colors. Use your main finger on the yellow side and your other finger on the orange side and turn it. My main finger? Orange, no, no, orange. You gotta start backwards. backwards. No, 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 Alternate no, corners. No, 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 One at a time. Spin the middle side topwise. Topwise. Now I remember why I put this down here in the first place. I've got Frinkyak here as I scan through them. Use your main finger on the yellow yeah. side and your other finger on the <laughs> other like, side and turn finger? it. <laughs> and then there's yeah. me just like looking at my hands like index finger ring finger like now to me main finger uh i don't know why i'm assuming middle finger just because it's central and um uh, from uh, being an nfl fan apparently your strongest finger like as far as to throw the ball and also to grip before you throw it as well apparently that's your strongest one and mm. funnily enough your uh, ring finger and your pinky finger are quote floaters so if you break uh, your hand or break a finger at that, it's worse to break thumb yeah. uh, index and middle than it is the ring and the pinky because they're apparently floaters there. Yeah, you can survive move. without um, pinky finger and ring finger, in all fairness. But no, I did quite enjoy the uh, Rubik's Cube uh, purely for the fact that Marge has round about the same amount of patience as I do. And the, when she just <laughs> throws it and sits down and sulks, it's just like... <laughs> I felt that. Oh, it's a brilliant face. It's a brilliant face she pulls as well there. But it seems to be, uh, have cleared up Alice there. But it's all clear. It's fine. Uh, Homer goes out there. But it may be the eye of the hurricane there. But um, don't you see how eerily calm it is, uh, Alice there? Yeah, until like the bowling alley floats past. Yes, that gets me every single... I forgot that was in here. That gets me every single time. Just like Chris Packett in the breeze yeah. there. And... Um, Again, I'm not being that guy, but I've heard every other podcast do the same take on that. But there is some heft and strength towards Marge there. The fact that she... It's like a QTE event in something. Like, she rips down the whole family back into the um, back into the basement there as they nearly swept away. Good on her. Great matriarchal uh, pride from Marge. But so much so that she ends up praying to God. If you stop this hurricane and save our family, we'll be forever grateful and recommend you to all our friends that seemingly does it ellis so i'll say as well oh, oh go on no i was gonna say in the scene where they pull um homer back into the um back into the cellar i noticed in the background that maggie is just like vibing on the sofa like she's like pure like lent up and it looks like her arms like almost resting on the armrest just watching in the background and that really really got me this time because I don't think I'd ever noticed it before that she's just she's just chilling watching it happen oh I thought she nearly got sucked I've never seen that no no she's just or maybe mine's not she's just chilling in the background she's like proper lent up against the sofa looking like she's just 
vibing. Oh, that's sweet. I'll, no, I'll, I'll I'll definitely spot that from now on. Do you think maybe I'm just trying to use my producer TV editing head on it now? Do you think maybe they can't show babies in like fatal uh, danger? I like it's all right to have the older kids uh, almost get swept away, but not a baby. Or would that? Do you think that will not come through the? Uh, edit and practices no i'm sure you could do yeah it. i don't i can't see it being a problem because there's been mm. you know there was the whole when marge goes to rancho relaxo episode and maggie's putting herself in quite a bit of danger so i don't know she yeah she's just chilling in the background mm. yes i was going to say um i love the score and the music in this like all throughout the episode there and it, particularly when ned's face in his uh, trials and tribulations but I just like the little two-note score um, of when the hurricane's over and it's bre- and it's uh, peaceful for the Simpsons. Yeah, and again, you get the sunlight coming through. Great uh, direction there. And Homer, straight, he fell for it. Way to go. <laughs> like all the empty promises there. It's fine because there's not a lick of damage on the house there. Everything works out if you have faith, Ellis. Uh, it applies to the Simpsons. It must apply to all of uh, Springfield, surely. Yeah, you'd like to hope so. Until it pans out and you just see and it's like, oh no. Yes, we have Ned. Again, we get a dung, like uh, an ominous tone there from the soundtrack. Yeah. And it's Ned and he's so, where well, he's a defeated man. Remarkable. There doesn't seem to be any damage at all. It just goes to show you that everything will work out if you have faith. It's all gone. Everything. Gone deadly on. As much as... I found bits of this funny, but as much as it's not, um, you know, gag-a-minute machine-gun-rate fighter, I really like these solemn scenes. Yeah. I, I, I I love the story just throughout there and Flanders getting tested there um so I feel I feel I just really enjoyed the end of this first act and then um again when he's getting tested what what do you think of the fact that it's more of a I don't know quote serious episode or it's you know more uh drama based compared to you know the gag a minute I don't know I think I preferred the tempo of this episode because the jokes weren't forced everything was very natural Mm mm-hmm like it was a very relatable episode so it was funny in its own way of like we've all kind of had those moments where we just kind of like lose our shit or we feel like everything is against us and it just kind of it feels so natural that it like mm. i said at the beginning of the episode it at uh, the beginning of this episode it's so well written that it doesn't need a joke a minute. However, I did like that when he finally finds uh, Todd and Maud, Todd is upside down on a chair. Yeah, I like the fact how, obviously, basic physics and that, he, I don't think he'd stay in that position, but he's just committed to reading this book yeah. upside down. <laughs> and he points out, um, look at Rod, and he's got a massive headache. Uh, forget how, how is that boy not dead? How is he not, like, horribly concussed there, but... um. Brilliant hair on him, like a flattened down the sideshow bob. Yeah. <laughs> As Flanders goes to remove him there. Um, and then what were oh, the items yes. that were left? What were the items that was left, the only things that didn't get destroyed? Oh, very eerie. And um, 
I get, yeah. Like, everyone bangs on about, like, oh, dark humour TikTok there, but then half of it is just, like, uh, quote, offensive stuff. This is, like, genuine... This is genuine dark stuff. It's not even over the line, but it's just... Oh, I can't believe they alluded to that. The um, the only thing that's remaining is the family tombstones. Yep. <laughs> um, I remember watching this with my mum, and she's seen some episodes, but I don't think she's too well versed with this one. And when that happened, she already went, "Oof, that's a bit much." <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it got my mum there. But um, like, I don't laugh it, but I just like I might do a little bit of a cringe smile every yeah. time. But it's the right level of dark. It's not overly much. It's not like these extreme TikToks you see. But um, yeah, it's a it's a very well done joke, Alice. You bang on. Great line with uh, to just button this uh, scene there. Home with it. Well, cause if you need anything. <laughs> I know, that's so being the, awful. Being the dopey fuck. Being the dopey fuck he is, yeah. Alright, do you think he, like, meant that as a prick, or he's just genuinely ignorant and just the general, oh, well, you've lost your dog, but call us if you need anything? Um, I don't think he's doing it to be a general prick. I think he's just kind of like, well, mm. whatever. <laughs> oh, and before that as well, he had another great line where um, Ned's going, well, we're alive. Guess that's something to be thankful for. <laughs> I was just thinking, monetary. No, that attitude's not going to get you your house back. <laughs> I know. Which he's not getting back anywhere else because um, he doesn't believe in insurance. It's a form of gambling. Like out of everything they could have make, made a joke about, it was literally the house insurance. I feel like that's one to appeal to the adults. That was oh, that yeah. was one to appeal to the parents. So they're at the refuge centre, which is the uh, Springfield Church itself there, and um, the kids have been kitted out in some brand new garbs, Ellis. Can you walk us through? Yeah. You got the butthole surface t-shirt, but because of um, censorship, it could only show butthole surfers, which really doesn't make it any better. And I'm with stupid. Look, Daddy, I'm with Todd, and he's stupid. Now I'm with Mommy, and she's stupid. I th- yeah, I found this really sweet. As much as it is, you know, seeing butthole surfers on screen there, the fact that the kids, they aren't, they have, again, they don't realise the severity of the situation there. They're just trying to make and the most of it. Seen, yeah, it's just really sweet yeah. there. And Flanders still looks on defeated, but it's fine because they're going to, you know, grab themselves by the bootstraps and open the left torium and before you know it, they'll be back on the feet. Or so would you think. Or so you'd think, because um, apparently the mob mentality of Springfield, as is ever present in the series, just takes it out on the leftorium for no good reason there. And, of course, Kent's on the scene there. Um, he's even adding the little shit to, yeah. um, <laughs> to the criminal. There's some in the back. Check the back. Yeah. <laughs> Flanders decides um, he has to ask Reverend, you know, if he's uh, been tested, you know, because he kind of feels like Job. Uh, but it's fine, because, you know, he was right-handed. You're left-handed, you'll be uh, back on your feet. Again, like you say, great writing and just great singular lines by uh, loads of characters. When he asks him, you know, is God punishing me? Um, no, with an F, yes, with a but. Yes, short answer, yes, with an if. Long answer, no, with a but. I always try and find time to use it in real life, but I never get the chance to there. But, um, yeah, it's fantastic there. But, again, no real help from Rev other than a 
newsletter in his office there. Now, how familiar are you with the tale of Job in the big old Bible, Ellis? I am not. Essentially, this Job is... Uh, I'm trying to do cliff notes, but Job is a wealthy man in, uh, say, Sodom, because that's the only ones I know from the Bible. Um, and so the devil ends up trying to test him. And funny, like oddly enough, I'm an atheist, but I believe all you know religions and that, and you know, like what you like, and yeah. faith is faith. But in the story, the devil goes up to heaven and says, "I bet I can get Job to curse your name." And then God's like, oh, "Well, you're my enemy, but I'll allow it." You know, like <laughs> big error there. And then he just goes down and he does all sorts of horrible things for me. Job loses his job, his house. The devil kills his children, or they die through disease, and then give him like horrible pores and pox on his skin. And then even through that, after like years of tribulation, he still doesn't curse God's name. And then God reveals himself and goes, "Aha! I put through all that. All uh, I put you through all that shit just to see how loyal you were to me." Like, what a horrible story. Like, your kids died. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. I had like, to been like, fuck Old you. Old Testament Bibles. I know. Old Testament Bible is super hardcore. Like, I realised... I know it was like, fellow gets tested and he's like, ah, I still believe in God. I didn't realise how morbid it got. So, like, doing research for this, like, Jesus Christ. All right, Flanders does not have it that rough, though. At least he's got his health and his kids there. Sweet Jesus. Until he gets a paper cut. Yes. Thank you very much, Atlas. As uh, Flanders has been tested, truly tested with his faith now, so he can look for the good book for something. But he gets a paper cut there. Son of a gun, dearly earned. He's still not swearing. He's still not swearing. Um, and he's very questionable. He's asking, where's he gone wrong? He's always been nice. He doesn't drink, dance, or swear. And he's kept kosher just to be safe there, in case it's not that god, it's another god. And he's just, what more can he do? He's really defeated. I sound like broken records here, but great scene. Again, just brilliant drama there. And the score is the cherry on the ice and on the cake here. And just the, again, when you watch it first time, then watch it back. Just hearing Flans go, you know, dang, diddly, doodly, dang, diddly. Like, this is peak frustration. When you realise that this is his coping mechanism, it's really sad. Just amazing, Ellis. I don't know what more else to say. Yeah, I think it's, like I said, it's just such... They've written it in such a relatable way. Like, we've... I can't think of a single person who has not had one of those weeks where it's just kind of like, Jesus fucking Christ, could anything else go wrong? Mm. Like, they they really... They did it in a really sensitive way as well. Like, there wasn't any kind mm. of... Like... I don't know. Like, it. they... Do it in a way that makes you not worry about where the storyline is going to go. If that no, makes sense. No, no, They give you just enough um, kind of dread and uh, yes, and they don't they don't make it too uh, upsetting. Why me, Lord? Where have I gone wrong? I've always been nice to people. I don't drink or dance or swear. I've even kept kosher just to be on the safe side. I've done everything the Bible says, even the stuff that contradicts the other stuff. What more could I do? I, you know, I, I feel like I'm coming apart here. I want to yell out, but I, I just can't dang diggly do dang do damn diddly darn do it. I, I, I... It's the next day. They've regrouped somewhat there. And Marge bursts through, you know, gotta come quick, something... 
Incredibles happened. Oh, one of my fave gags from this. Just Ned being really sarky. Just, oh, what happened now? Did the rubble burn down? <laughs> I know. It's like, Ned, don't be like I that. I know. Something amazing has happened. <laughs> uh, Marge races them to the house, and it's there. The house has been rebuilt, Ellis. Praise and hallelujah. So, um, like, how did it come to be? Uh, with a wheelbarrow full of love and a cement mixer full of hope and a little bit of cement. And you've got all the top tertiary characters, you know, Krusty, Wiggum, Skinner, Moe, Barney, Happy to Help and all that. The happiest and... man in Springfield. Oh, it is Ned, but um, everyone looks towards this, I, I don't know, fella from the 50s. looks like Leave It to Be, one of those stock guys. No, no, not me, folks, but thanks for looking. Big beaming smile on him as well. And, um, I mean, you knew it was going to be a bit shit when he can't even open the door. Yeah. <laughs> I re- like, of all the relatable things, that may be one of the most relatable for me personally, just because... I've done it before where it's a proper stiff door or like you're just trying to leave some public, you're trying to leave Greg's and then I don't know, it's an old Greg's and you know, the shutter doors don't go all the way and it's like, oh, I'll bump his shoulder. Oh, everyone saw that. Just yeah. keep walking with mistake. Peg. It's just <laughs> good Foley as well. Good Foley on the third when he goes in. Now, Ellis, I will let you walk us through the grand designs and the changing rooms changes to Ned's uh, crib here, and I'll just say this for my intake, uh, for my uh, put down and my take of this. Um, this is just like renting simulator, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> it's that was really... a depressing. Yes, we've both been there. Yeah. <laughs> so I love how when they first go into the house, everything just looks so normal, and like obviously the first, the first thing for him is getting caught on the nail. And when you said, like, the shunting the door being, like, so relatable, getting caught on door handles, getting snagged on things when you're in a bad mood is, like, the epitome of, like... um, Oh, does that happen to you a lot? Yes. I get caught on door handles and... Um, Obviously, Ned gets a little bit of snag and Homer's just, oh, one out of 25 ain't bad. Which, um you know, is uh, an interesting one. And they move into the kitchen and everything still looks normal until you get to the toilet. But hey, <laughs> you try lugging a uh, lugging a toilet up a flight of stairs. This was just me and my dad when um, I tried to get a cheap sofa. There was one going that was free, but we were fucking idiots and like the Chuckle Brothers because we didn't measure not so much the door frame, but the fact that the door didn't open all the way going up this, this flat because um, we didn't think of the handle and so you got yeah. the handle that's against the wall and then the handle that's for the outside door and then we were sweating there for 45 minutes couldn't get it through so ever try lugging a toilet up a flight of stairs no but I've done a fucking little sofa <laughs> and that was a nightmare enough but sorry please continue with our, with our grand designs Alice. so uh, then I think it moves into um, Rod and Todd's room where Bart's giving them the whole oh yeah me and Lisa redirect, uh, redecorated this room I told you I'm still not functioning but I have no excuse for it anymore <laughs> um, and obviously Rod then takes down the uh, crest of the clown post I don't like this clown and Bart's just like mm, it's a load bearing poster and at that point it always like poises the question to me of 
how can you have a load-bearing poster and then you just suddenly start seeing the uh, the wall crumble where the poster was previously and oh instantly yeah, yeah. And I think in the next scene is where you really start seeing Ned like go slowly downhill. Like he's looking at all of like the new doors in the hallway. They're not door shaped. They've got more sides than a door should. And, you know, he's starting to look really unimpressed. And then comes my favorite part of the house tour, I think. And I, I quoted this at work Ooh, the other day. Is- and they walk past the room. And, now, this is the room with elect- with uh, too much electricity. So you might want to wear a hat or something. I was going to say, um, when is this quoted at work? In what uh, scenario? Uh, I was going through my training um, about a week or two ago. And I was being told what rooms not to go into. And uh, my boss was saying, right, this room has got all of the electric for the store in. So don't go into this room. And I was like, ah. The room with too much electricity. But with my boss being a Simpsons fan, like, it kind of... (laughs) We were then there, like, it's taken us, like, an hour of me being, like, in my training to get a Simpsons reference out. Oh, perfect. That's ideal. But, yeah, I love just the look on Flanders' face, like, when Apu says it. And if there's one thing that really makes me laugh is it's not just the head the hair on their head that sticks up Apu's little moustache is just two like vertical lines the two hairs <laughs> I know. Yeah. and then they um, obviously oh you know the ground's not feeling right oh yeah we ran out of floorboards so we uh, just painted the gravel pretty clever and you just you can you at this point you can just you can see Ned is just like I'm so fucking done with this oh, shit his soul like, is dying and then the the corridor gets smaller and this is what i always remembered as a kid because i despite it being a cartoon i like to question everything and you know mm. he opened you know, oh this corridor is a little bit small starts crawling down come on in it's your master bedroom <laughs> opens the door and barney's behind there and like me as a kid's just like nah how's that possible how, how did barney physically get into that room did he build the room around the corridor I think in, like in my head, it's um, Barney is in the kitchen and they've just gone up to the second floor and they've like just fucked the shaping of the corridor so much so that it's like dipping down into the uh, kitchen and that's how uh, Barney's there. So there's no actual room; it's just this uh, narrowing corridor uh, just to down at the, like the first floor again. That's mentally what I've come up with. Otherwise, um, yeah, otherwise I think my brain would break a bit there. But, like, obviously seeing Barney in the bedroom was literally the last straw for for him. He goes outside and, you know, he... I love the fact you just get the, oh, oh my nose. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, and he shuts it on him. But, yeah, he goes outside and I'll let you uh, weigh in on what the final, final straw was for the house. The living room and dining rooms with a lovely flow for entertaining. Uh-huh. Oh, looks like a loose nail. Eh, one out of 25 ain't bad. Your beautiful kitchen, Ned, just as you remember it. Was that, uh, was that toilet always next to the refrigerator? Uh-huh, Ned. You ever try lugging the toilet up a flight of stairs? Now, this is the room with electricity, but it has too much electricity. So, I don't know, you might want to wear a hat. Uh-huh. 
floor feels a little gritty here. Yeah, we ran out of floorboards there, so we painted the dirt. Pretty clever. Oh, something is definitely wrong with this hallway. Come on in! It's your master bedroom! Ow, my nose! Well, I've seen about enough. So, Flanders, what do you think of the house that love built? Oh, shoot. Well, Homer just questions, what do you think about the house that love built? And he does, like, the lightest tap on. Like, he's Kevin MacLeod and go, oh, so you've got all the stuff in time and you're over budget, but here's your new house, your grand design. But unfortunately, this grand design is built on a foundation of shit and it just collapses through shoddy workmanship. <laughs> Homer as well, just like, again, like a very old sitcom character. Ah, shoot. What am I like? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Ned, whoopsie doodle. <laughs> so Ned just sighs heavily, goes to clean his classes and... Um, Frame pops out. thinking about things. And the lens pops out and smashes. And that is the straw that broke the camel's back, ladies and gentlemen. Because, and funnily enough, uh, during the pre-admin for this there, I believe this is both yours and mine favourite bit of this episode, Ellis. (sighs) (sighs) Oh... Calm down, Italy, diddly, 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 diddly. They did their best, shoddily, Italy, Italy, diddly. Gotta be nice, hostility, diddly, diddly, diddly. Ah, hell, diddly, ding, dong, crap! Can't you morons do anything right? <gasps> hey. Ned, we meant well, and everyone here tried their best. Well, my family and I can't live in good intentions, Marge. Oh, your family is out of control, but we can't blame you because you have good intentions. Hey, back off, man. Oh, okay, dude. I wouldn't want you to have a cow, man. Here's a catchphrase you better learn for your adult years. Hey, buddy, got a quarter? I am shocked and appalled. Mr. Flanders, with all due respect, Bart didn't do anything. (gasps) Do I hear the sound of butting in? It's gotta be little Lisa Simpson. Springfield's answer to a question no one asked. (laughs) What do we have here? The long, flabby arm of the law? The last case you got to the bottom of was a case of Malamars. Malamars, oh, that's going in the act. Oh, yeah, the clown. The only one of you buffoons who doesn't make me laugh. And as for you, I don't know you, but I'm sure you're a jerk. Hey, I've only been here a few minutes. What's going on? You ugly, hate-filled man. Hey, hey, I may be ugly and hate-filled, but I've, um... What was the third thing you said? Homer, you are the worst human being I have ever met. Hey, I got up pretty easy. <laughs> Ah, uh, shardly idly diddly diddly. Ah, hell diddly ding dong crap. It's like one of the most iconic lines ever. Just ah, oh, hell diddly ding dong crap. Can't you morons do anything right? And it's just the way that he explodes at everyone after the smallest thing. It's like, I don't know. I felt that. I feel it. Every time I watch Ned's little breakdown, I, f- I just, I feel it. It's like, yeah, you get that out of your system, Ned. Yeah, I understand how you are feeling. Yes. Yes, I would. I too would be like that. And you've got to think before this as well. We hadn't seen Flanders 
shout like this. The only example I can think of is, um, and I reviewed it with a cow, uh, when the boys are putting. But that's more like bickering back and forth at home saying, my son's going to win. No, mine's going to win. Uh, yeah. This is full on shouting. This is a full on rant there. So we've never seen this. And so he said crap. I. Yeah, he swore. He said crap. This is his limit there. And rightfully so, the whole town is shocked. The world's nicest man is now the world's angriest man there. And, uh, yeah, Marge saying, we all meant well. And within my favourite bit, this is my absolute favourite line in this, folks, at home. Uh, Marge going, everyone here tried my best. And, uh, you know, oh, back on the wrestling again. If, like, if a wrestler said this in a promo, I would say... That's fucking brilliant. That is amazing because I understand. Why did you stab your partner in the back? Well, I can't live in good intentions. So he had it coming. And yeah, just the delivery on it. Harry Shearer's amazing in this. Oh, well, your family's out of control. We can't blame you because you have good intentions. Just, it's amazing, Ellis. Just phenomenal line delivery. Some of the best in the series ever yeah just the whole it's it once again like broken record it goes back to how well written the whole episode is but this scene is just so iconic in not just how it's written but the voice acting and you know the the quick-witted responses that he's saying to everyone that he's obviously wanted to say for so long and they're actually so clever i mean you know buck jumps in tries to protect marge and mm. oh wouldn't want to have a cow man <laughs> here's a question here's a catchphrase you gotta learn for your adult years hey buddy got a quarter <laughs> it's like ow uh, like ned that was a burn I tell you what, I've had been uh, working in retail, as a lot of uh, listeners have. Um, we've all had venomous thoughts about uh, certain children in stores and restaurants and all that. But you keep it to yourself. There, Ned is Ned is what I want to be. <laughs> in that instance, I'm sure you've dealt with it many a time. Yeah, literally. I just he he did so well keeping it all together for so long, and you know. After Bart, he then moves on to Lisa, and you know Lisa's. I mean, I mean, he does. I mean, he does that line, but eventually, that would become the whole like season eleven and twelve when that writing staff just thought, right, you know what, we're gonna like stick it to Lisa and just make horrible jokes at her expense. There, yeah. but you know, <gasps> do I hear the sound of burning in? He does a little Hogan kind of ear cup as well. It's gotta be a little Lisa Simpson. Springfield's answering a question no one asks, and then. We're on to wig. In case of Malamars. Yeah. Which I'm assuming they're donuts. I'm, I know you've been to America more times than me. I'm assuming they're some kind of a sweet cake. Yeah, Malamars are kind of like the. So what they are is they're basically the American version of a Tunnock's tea cake. <gasps> oh. Oh, hell. Oh, we're one for a Scottish um, cuisine in. Uh, confectionery now aren't we so much so folks oh, that Ellis no. convinced they're Denmark they're from Denmark oh no oh. yeah they're Danish Tunnock's tea cakes oh so they're still okay fine I was I was about to drop the anecdote but it's fine it still persists there um we're that big into that kind of confectionery folks that I now have 
A Tonics tea cake cap, courtesy of uh, Ellis linking me the uh, Tonics uh, merch shop. Oh, there. I I'm need to get right one right now. Have you seen it? I'll uh, have to send you. A pic yeah, send me a this, picture though. afterwards. But yeah, so Malamars are Danish, but in the United States they're made with um, graham crackers instead of like the really nice shortbread biscuit that we're used to. Mm. But yeah, oh, okay. a case of Malamars. So a case of Tonics tea cakes. Crossy loves that so much. He's got to use that. And um, but oh yeah, the clown. Oh, you're the only one of these buffoons that don't make me laugh. And um, oh, poor Lenny. What the hell? Love he Lenny. <laughs> just Lenny in this is just like oh, it's just I don't I don't know whether it's because I've you know I've spent a lot of time going to uni on public transport and and you know people barge into you in London trying to like push push to you know get their way onto the tube and stuff like that and every single time in my head i don't know you but i'm sure you're a jerk i resonated it more with um just being on nights out and like i've either got spoons or been 10 minutes in oh and you know more yates more yates in a sheffield oh god and it and it's just like tracy no oh come here you fat cow i'll have your eyes out and then i'm walking up been here like 10 minutes with my desperados what's going on (laughs) (laughs) i missed out on dinner and a show hang on but yeah i love the yelling at lenny just at that point at that point you then feel sorry for maud because maud's just like in the next scene just like watching it happen like Mm. you know it's kind of like going back to like having a night out and your mate's going off on one and you're just kind of there like do i jump in do i you know yeah Yeah, and she's just stood there this entire time like Probably the penultimate <laughs> one is uh, Mo as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. hate-filled man. <laughs> and then storms up to Homer's like uh, nervous grin. I love it when he does nervous grins. Yeah, he just he's fantastic. And he calmly just says that he's the worst human being he's ever met. Now I'm very much like Homer. Um, I hate getting screamed and shouted at. But like if someone tells me plainly that I'm a C word or a piece of shit. I'll take that. Yeah. I just don't like raised voices, so I'm very much like, hey, yeah, got off pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. I happily take that over a raised voice there. Oh, I can't stand it. I-, I will say props to Ned because he's had his complete outburst, but he does a rational thing and he doesn't take it home with him. He just instantly uh, goes to a mental hospital. I just love that he whacks on Aloha Oi and just kind of vibes <laughs> while he drives. Crashes through and that's how we end the second act there. As we go into this third act there, Ned, like he's gone back to being rational or he realises what he's done is the worst thing ever. He just, you know, he says, I've attacked all my friends and neighbours for helping me. I would like to commit myself, please. <laughs> like, like a very rational adult there. Like yeah. you never... It's not, this is not a thing in real life there, I don't think. No, it's definitely uh, not. But um, he's, got a, he's got a couple of options to uh, get to his uh, holding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can have a walk you to your cell, or you can get uh, dragged away kicking and screaming. Oh, kicking and screaming, please. <laughs> and, yeah, brilliant scream from Harry Shearer there. It's almost like Flanders knows the trope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, oh, well, you know, this has got to happen. I can't just, like, walk. I've got to be dragged, you know, without consent there, kicking and screaming. Uh, but, again, like, Flanders is enjoying this time out and reflection, if you could uh, call it that there. He's even 
what thumbing through a grazia mag. <laughs> yeah, with his toes. With his um, with his toes there. Calm. We're looking at uh, the nurse. Can't believe it is Ned Flanders himself. So she calls a doctor Foster there, and we have this uh, elderly gentleman answer the phone there, and he's shocked that it's Ned Flanders there. You know, may God, God have mercy, mercy on us all. Now, uh, was this as memorable for yeah. you as it was for me? Yeah, just yes, the one may may mercy uh, may God have mercy on us all. And uh, where are my shoes? I think they're in the den. The den. May God have mercy on us all. <laughs> he may be a hell of a doctor, but he's a very melodramatic man. <laughs> so, Flanders finds out uh, this kind voice is from Doctor Foster there, who he ran into him. 30 years ago, if he can remember. Um, do you know what you were like back then? And yes, I was a good little boy. <laughs> and he shows him what he was like there. And we get some footage from the 60s. Whee! I'm Dick Tracy! Bam! Take that, prune face! Now I'm prune face! Take that, Dick Tracy! Now I'm prune Tracy! Take that, Dick... Ned, stop it at once! Stop it! Ned's just this horrible little child there now um i'm sure we've all faced some but um i think i've only really seen it in like what quote older kids so like maybe when they hit um i'm trying to think because i used to walk my baby cousin to primary school and uh the kindergarten school and all that i want to say the worst is when they get to like maybe six or seven yeah and they start like developing muscle mass like especially with little boys yeah um but did you like um I only just realised this joke about what six years ago? The prune face. Yeah, dickhead. And now I'm prune Tracy. Yes, I didn't realise it was that until you realised yeah. what um what the last thing was gonna No Ned, stop. And Ned just can't believe that. Um but like a lot of cases it's seemingly down to the parents there, and we get Doctor Foster in the sixties sat down with Ned's beatnik parents there. Uh, you know, Ned's dad, and, um... Oh, hello, she popped up in this episode again. That's, like, two for two now. Are you wearing this kind of garb? Because, um, I've seen you with the, um... I actually have the I've top. seen you with the stripes and that. I was, I was wearing... <laughs> I, I don't it. have the stripy top. I'm more dressed like Ned's mum. I have the top and the hat. Are you also, uh, coming up with nothing and without ideas? We're coming up with nothing. We got, we got no ideas. And it's like... I'm not gonna lie... You see a lot of it working in retail where it's like, that's every parent. Ironically enough, I've seen this, um, you know, you just get like uh, recommended pages on Facebook just because you've liked one meme. Yeah. I've seen this whole scene with uh, Ned's parents getting scolded. I've seen it on one of these like, oh, you know, anti-woke groups or like Britain for Britain or whatever. And it's like, oh, yeah parenting in 2021 because it's an old video and it's just that clip of like oh done nothing we're all out of ideas and <laughs> it's you know barry and all the gams going oh didn't have this back in my day we were out in playgrounds yeah. and spitting and saying racist things and that was good then that was fine <laughs> oh fucking dreadful not my simpsons no please but there is uh maybe some way a radical method there Ellis. so um What's the diagnosis for little Ned here? Give him a wee spank. 
<laughs> I didn't expect that, but yeah. Um, so much a wee spank as a continued spank. I have the name here as well, the University of Minnesota Spankological Protocol. And it's just eight months of pure spanking for Ned with, again, a lot of like frowning, angry faces. I like little Ned's annoyed face. Apart from his birthday. Yeah. He's rough and a present. He's quite, he's quite happy as he would be. I like that Dr. Foster was dressed as Santa for the Christmas part. Oh, he's got to be, he's got to be committed in that. You know, he's, he, might be sp- he might be doing a, <laughs> a physical justice to a child, but, you know, he deserves a Christmas there. He deserves to know Santa's real. Yeah. So it's been eight months. Um, Ned feels fine and he doesn't feel angry. And this is where we... Uh, what do you call these ticks then? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. so, positive Rooney. Yeah, so um Ned Flanders and Cannon has um ticks. These are uh, mental ticks and it worked. But it worked too well. He became unable to express any anger at all that he would just spout out some nonsensical rambling. And <laughs> the very like He's, I'm sure he's a solid doctor, but just the thing of, oh, he darned it on. Yeah, like that. Like, just point at the, yeah. yeah, this is your problem. Look at how funny it is. And then he, he does it again. Oh, let's, uh, you know, just watch it there. So he's going to try and reset Ned. Now, do you know anyone who makes you particularly angry? We know where it's going. Smash cut to Homer. <laughs> he gets brought into the mental hospital. Oh, did you see the nice um, running thing throughout the um, the running gag or the little visual gag uh, outside of the mental hospital, Ellis? Well, the, the gate was still um, broken down. The gate was still broken there. Like, the NHS has been for the past 15 years, just nothing's getting fixed. As a <laughs> And I cry as I make that sad commentary and that awful joke. However... Jesus, yeah, very reminiscent. You miss the scene where they call Homer and he's like, no, I don't know a Ned Flanders. And Marge is like, the man who lived next door. And like, oh, yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so Homer gets there and he is part of this experiment there. But the kids and Marge need something to do, so go on. It's a mental hospital, but just uh, roam about the hallways. It's fine. One of them's a cannibal. Try to guess which one. And, um... I mean, you're a big fan. Uh, could you please tell the audience here who are the, um... I was going to call them nuts. You can't say that. Who are the patients? There we go. Saved it. So, who are the patients uh, in the ward? The first one is Miss Botts from Some Enchanted Evening from Season 1. Mm-hmm. The second one... Maybe Sitter Bandit. ...is um, an animated likeness character for John Schwarzfelder. Yes, one of the writers there, the um, slightly Republican uh, writer there. He was behind a lot of um, peak episodes in four and five, and also um, apparently he's he's um, written some like comedy books and comedy stories there, which are quite good. I don't know there are Simpsons podcasts. We get essentially Dan Castle and saying, "I can hear you walking by." Don't. So, if. There's one thing to cement that it was John Schwarzwelder was at the end of the um, episode when everyone's outside and everyone's holding up signs. There is actually a sign saying "Free John Schwarzwelder." Free John Schwarzwelder. Yeah. Yes, that's right there. Um, Gotta love those inside gags. And the last person, good old Jay Sherman. It yes, stinks. Yes. Everything stinks, Mr. Sherman. Um, 
we've, uh, we've recently reviewed this, um, it might come out within the next couple of months, folks, the Film Critic uh, um, episode. I love that episode. It's probably one of my all-time favourites. It's, it's so high up in my top ten. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, um, you thought about it. Spoilers, folks, you thought about it stronger than... Um, than I did. Oh no, it'll be out. It'll be out um, before this anyway. But um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Jay Sherman, and I tried watching the critic and couldn't stand it there. Like quite, I don't mind gags on celebrities there, but it was like consistently like that. It was like Family Guy pre Family Guy. Yeah. But but like fewer gags. So um, yeah, not my cup of tea, folks. Not a recommend. So Homer needs to be uh, irritating there. Can he be that irritating Ellis? Yeah. Watch as the bubble gum that he's chewing, just like the bubble just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I get told off for that every single time that I have chewing gum. I'm a bubble blower. So Homer goes in for this little trial there and uh, talk about clinical language. Um, he's just behind a little screen that just pops up and down there while some um, Dr. Foster's behind a booth. And uh, first one, Ned. I mark your value system. You also appear foolish in the eyes of others. I like the fact that, uh, yeah, Ned just accepts it all there. And then the, oh, thanks for dropping by. I love how his neck <laughs> like, trying grows to match up. It. Yes. Yeah. Um, trying to match it. And he gets quicker with the second one. Oh, thanks for dropping by. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll put the audio in here somewhere. But um, just the last one is... Um, and to do what you've been doing throughout the episode, I shagged, I shagged your, not quite shagged your ma, but I'm, I can't think of a good term. So I shagged Maud. <laughs> Get a load of that. I shagged Maud. <laughs> yeah, just I engage with intercourse with your spouse or significant other, and Homer's loving that. Ned Flanders, I mark your value system. You also appear foolish in the eyes of others. <laughs> well, howdy, Homer. Oh, thanks for dropping by. He's not responding. Proceed to level two antagonism. Past instances in which I professed to like you were fraudulent. Oh, well, I'll just have to try harder. <laughs> oh, thanks for dropping by. Ah, he's still repressing. Maximum hostility factor. I engaged in intercourse with your spouse or significant other. Now that's psychiatry. Huh? Huh? Oh, very funny, wise guy. Oh, that's it. You just can't insult this guy. You call him a moron and he just sits there green moron the week. Hi, neighbor. I just like the fact as well that, like, Homer's brainless and, oh, this is useless that he just sits there like a moron. And Ned just pops out. Hi, neighbor. Just pops out. Yeah, I don't know when else would be a good time to bring this up there, but as far as the themes now, we've had him getting tested and faith and all that and anger. Um... How accurate is this representation of, I guess, therapy or dealing with anger or just, you know, past regressions? How is this reflected in sort of real life optics, uh, Ellis, if you don't mind me asking? Well, you definitely wouldn't get therapy a day after having a breakdown. I can definitely tell you that. <laughs> you, uh, you'd be waiting at least a year before getting therapy. Um I think the way oh, really yeah oh, wow. um, I think the way they dealt with it was was really good. I don't think they could have done it better. I think the way that Homer approached the situation was a 
once again really well written in a kind of way that you can actually see that he cares about Ned even just ever so slightly because if he didn't care about him he wouldn't be pushing him to find out what actually makes him tick no he doesn't and I like the fact that he's trying to push through to find and saying oh you know you're not human you know because humans make errors humans are obnoxious which is ever so true there and he um tries to break him down uh, can you tell me um what actually before we get onto what Flanders is what are uh, there's big I know before some of these negative Nancys and the obvious types on Twitter go oh well cancer and war's horrible but we're talking about pet peeves here like Homer's done here what are your uh niggling little things you hate there do you hate fluorescent lights or any of the other stuff that said here, the post office there. I mean, yeah. You know, waiting in line at Greg's. I hate the post office. I'd say my biggest pet peeve is um, people's manners. Um, oh. So, uh, my biggest people, pet peeve. How would you specify? Yeah. Uh, rude people, people that don't say please and thank you. Like, generally that kind of area of people, that is my pet peeve. And, yeah, absolutely mm. hate it. Mine is... I'm trying to think of a consistent one. And I think, like, even... I remember being, like, really young and getting annoyed with my mates not turning up on time, so punctuality. Yeah. Like, it just seems to be a consistent thing with my mates or, like... Even, like, job interviews. I've had, I remember distinctively two, and just the interviewer was 20 minutes late both times. Yeah. For different jobs. And I was like, this just... Because it's, like... Again, as you grow older, you realise it's massively disrespectful. And I just got that tapped into my head by my mum and dad um, throughout the years. Yeah, Flanders uh, just doesn't like the post office because they get you in, get you out, rush, rush. And you might even say, I hate the post office. And my parents. parents. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's the big reveal there. Lousy beatniks. We get the nice cue and hey, that felt good. And also shout out to one-off character, the... um, their indecisive, like, apprentice yeah. next to Dr. Foster. Because he's just like, okay, I'm coasting at this job, and if he thinks that's mine, I'm just going to say yes. Oh, did you write that? Uh, did you like it? Then, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just the, do you know what this means? Um, uh, d- tell me. It means he's cured. Yeah, yeah that's uh, what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> just coasting, just sitting on that fence comfortably there. So the whole town's out there. They love Ned. He's back in. He's back to business now, and um, yeah. Well, well, this is pretty much the end of the episode now. And he goes, "I'm all better now, and there's no more storing up the anger." You know, if I don't like something, I'm gonna let you know, which is the most healthy way going about things. No raising the voice there, and um, he's um, there's still a bit of like sociopathicness in him, <laughs> I guess. And if, re- if you really tick me off, I'll run you down with my car. And you can just see dogs behind him. He said it so him. positively yeah. as well. I love the crowd. I love the noise in the crowd. Like, yeah, ow. <laughs> like, it's mainly Wiggum. And I just love it when he makes his little noises. But um, Ned, well, Homer does the typical, you know, sitcom. Oh, Ned, you so crazy. And uh, his eye twitches. So it's not he's not fully yeah uh, rehabilitated there. We will wait for the next blowout as we wait for the next episode. Is that how we um, is that how we end it? Uh, Ellis, as always, uh, 
could you please give us your final thoughts, as Jerry Springer once said, and your own unique rating out of five, please? I think we all know what my final thoughts are because I've said it so many times this episode. It's just mm. such a fantastic episode. It's so well written. The jokes are so well executed. The voice actors did such an amazing job. You know, and it was even with the sensitive topics of like mental health and stuff like that, they still dealt with it so well. I'm going to give this nine load-bearing posters out of 10, which would probably be the highest scoring I've ever given a Simpsons episode on um, the podcast. Oh, nice. Sweet. Oh, wow. Um, as for me as well, I really enjoyed this. Um, it is a hell of a story there, because you do see Ned become Job and get tested. He has a character change, and then it's... Obviously, it's a sitcom, so it kind of has to go back to the um, same by the end, but just like even the tertiary characters play the part. The gags that are written there are solid. Um, so with that, I think I'm going to match much of what you're going to say. Oh, yeah, before that, as well, we also find out why Ned does one of his signature things. I think that's one thing I love in sitcoms. Like, um, you know, oh, how come that character always dyes his hair a different colour and then you find out why it's like some tragic reason or in support of a friend or whatever. I love those tropes. So, with that being said, I'm going to match you because uh, our traditional scale was out of 5 and yours being a 9 out of 10 I believe that's a 4.5 out of 5. Yeah. So yes, I'm going to match you and say a 4.5 out of 5 Easily persuaded grandpas. Hmm. There we are. Yeah, we. This was a pretty high-rated episode, actually. I'm quite surprised, but very happy. Yes, and as always, um, yeah, Ellis has uh, gone on a bit of a run with us there, but um, hopefully we'll have her maybe for one more there before a cows um fit and Egan ready to come back there. So as always, could you please give us your details, your social media, and what you've got in the pipeline, Ellis? Ain't got nothing in the pipeline. Um, same as last time. I gave my link earlier. I'm just Ellie Bear underscore. That's about it, really. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.